Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Talk Spicy. I'm Coach Gene Clemens. Thank you for joining me wherever you would join me. Rate the show, comment, agree, disagree. But whatever you do, keep it spicy. Five-star ratings are appreciated. If you're joining me on the YouTube channel, make sure that you like, make sure that you subscribe. It's Monday. And as it's Monday, we, we normally go through and recap the weekend because... It's college football, and college football is here, and that's what we're doing. So um, just wanted to give a, a, a heartfelt thank you to all of the people who supported me this weekend on my first college football um, color commentary gig, um, the Morgan State versus Towson game. I actually heard somebody – saw somebody. I shouldn't say heard. I saw somebody on um, Twitter say that, they were disappointed that the homecoming game was against Towson. They said that they, if they came to an HBCU to see um, Morgan State play against a PWI on homecoming, then they would have just went to UNCG. And I thought that was so short-sighted because the point of a homecoming game is not to look at the opponent. The point of a homecoming game is to have fun and enjoy the atmosphere of your home. And that atmosphere at Morgan State was electric. That atmosphere was great. Now, the result wasn't what they wanted, but the atmosphere was definitely what you want to see. I'm not here to bash HBCU people because anytime I say something that doesn't just applaud, I'm going I'm to I'm gonna jump on to the Joe Budden philosophy of compliments if you don't reach out all of the times that i give you a compliment then i don't really want to hear from you the one time that i might have a criticism so i'm going to criticize when i feel necessary and and you can you can you know respond accordingly but it was an interesting weekend and i want to play something for you guys here is Dion sanders after their two overtime overtime game versus Colorado State um, addressing head coach Jay Norvell. But no, I don't, man, I don't owe, you know, I could be petty if they petty, but I ain't, I ain't got time for that, man. I'm, I'm on to bigger things. Hey, I'm happy for the brother. I really am, man. I'm happy that they fought, that they played a good game. I'm happy he's a head coach. I'm happy for any brother that's doing it and successful, man. I, I truly am. I don't, I don't know where all this stuff comes from. I have to respond because, you know, it's my mama told me that, you know, you know, just ain't going to take me and I'm going to sit back and ain't going to say nothing. But I'm happy for that dude, man. I don't know him, but I'm happy for him. I wish the best for him. I really do. Nothing. My success ain't got nothing to do with his. So why would I want him to succeed? I, I don't know how people get down like that. My blessings ain't got nothing to do with his blessings. And that was, that was Coach Prime just addressing the – the issue of this idea of him and, and Jay Norvell, and especially it, it, it rings wrong because Jay Norvell being a black man, um, although I will 100% admit to you of not knowing that Jay Norvell was a black man until I really looked at him and said, oh, okay. Um, not quite on the the the, the Mike McDaniel um hue or look but not far off right not far off and 
I think that the thing we have to remember, the thing that we should never forget, is that, like Prime said, my, my blessings or our blessings don't stop others from receiving their blessing. So it doesn't make a lot of sense for us to root against each other, especially in this space, especially in the space where we're dealing with um, a black men who have power five jobs or FBS jobs when we know that there are not a lot of black men in charge of FBS programs. So for us to sit back and FBS, I'm sorry, I don't know if I said FCS or FBS, but for us to sit back and, and, and go at them, for us to sit back and not acknowledge them, that's wrong. Like we, we shouldn't do that. Um, I wanted to take the, the opportunity to shout out the, the um, list of black head coaches that are in the FBS um, right now. Um, I want to, I want to show, I want to show them some love and what they're doing because and somebody brought this up on, on Twitter as well, and shout out to them for it. It's not just a wave. Like, like the support that Coach Prime is getting is not a wave. People are trying to make it seem like a wave because they're trying to diminish what, what, what this movement is and what it and what it should be. But it's not a wave. And anytime you let somebody treat it like a wave, you allow them to diminish the value or, or, or if nothing else, you allow them to diminish the worth of the, of what's going on out of 133 FBS programs. There are currently 14 black head coaches. Miss me with the minority head coaches or like whatever other stuff you're trying to play and put into it. Like, I don't really have time for that. Right. There are 14 black head coaches in the FBS out of 133 programs. That is horrible. There's no other way of saying it. Right. When we look at at, at what happened around the the country. Right. David Shaw resigned last year. He he was succeeded by a white man. Willie Taggart was fired. Really, what I thought was 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 foolish. He was replaced by a white man. Herm Edwards was fired at Arizona State. He was replaced by a white man called Darrell was fired at Colorado and Colorado is the only university that fired a black man and hired another one. In fact, Colorado has been the most progressive university when it's come, when it's came to hiring black head coaches. Just look at their track record, right? They're trying but it takes more than just the Colorado or does it right? And this is why 
the Coach Prime thing is not a wave. This is why it's not a wave. And this is why, well, this is why it shouldn't be a wave. If it is a wave, this is why it shouldn't be a wave. Because somebody out there should be going, yo, um, look at what Coach Prime is doing in this position, not coming from the traditional trajectory of head coach. Look at what, look at what um Coach Norvell was able to do at Colorado State versus Coach Prime doing it the traditional way. You can fill roles as a head coach both ways with black men, right? Lance Taylor is over at Western Michigan now. Ryan Walters was hired at Purdue. Um, Kenny Burns hired at Kent, St at Kent State. So I wanted to just give a little shout out real quick to some people who um, are, are, are doing well, right? Marcus Freeman, off to a great start at Notre Dame. Off to a fantastic start at Notre Dame. And um, I think that's important to, to note because Tommy Reese jumped ship on jump ship on Marcus Freeman. Marcus Freeman had to essentially he 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 was hamstrung with that with that dude as his offensive coordinator because somebody somewhere probably thought to themselves if Marcus Freeman doesn't do well, we have our offensive coordinator who's here, Tommy Reese, he understands now he can turn around and be the head coach. He may not be ready right now, but we can groom him to be the head coach of Notre Dame in the future. And that might still very well happen. Tommy Reese may have left Notre Dame so that he could do like a lot of other offensive coordinators have done at Alabama, which is ride the coattails of Nick Saban into a big paying job, especially if you're a white offensive coordinator. So I don't want to, I don't want to say that he did something wrong, but it, it is pretty shady that you were supposed to originally go to LSU. You turned down the LSU job, and you told everybody, "Well, I'm staying here because I really love this university and I believe in this university." And one year later, you're out the door. Oh, and you take your quarterback with you. By the way, he looked trash. That's it. That's that's the tweet. So I want to give a shout out to Marcus Freeman. I want to give a shout out to Dino Babers. And even more, I want to give a shout out to Syracuse. Because Syracuse, Dino Babers has been on the cusp for years. And we don't know if he's going to get over the hump. This might just still be another on the cusp year. But they're off to a great start. Dino Babers has put together a really good, really solid program. Remember when everybody was saying that Dino Baber's success was only because of um, the offensive coordinator who's now at at um, Colorado, um, Sean, I forget his last name, but he was the, he, he took over as the head coach. And, and many people were saying that, that Dino Babers was only good because that guy was like this young, innovative. Of course, Anytime there's a black coach that's good, there has to be somebody white uh, attached to it 
according to the way in which a lot of y'all get down out there. But Dino Babers is doing his thing. And shout out to him. Shout out to him. And then shout out to Coach Prime and what he did. And he could have taken that, that opportunity to be really ugly. He could have taken that opportunity to be really like, you know, suspect. He could have said some things within there. He could have said some things within there that were not flattering to Jay Norvell. But what does he have to gain by that? If you've noticed, Colorado has not talked any trash. It has only been other people who have trash-talked Colorado. Colorado him, themselves have not said anything in the media, to other teams, on socials, that would, that would have anyone else, that would have anybody else looking up and going, oh my God, like they should be knocked down a peg or two. Only thing they're doing is promoting themselves. That's all they're doing. So it is not, it is not without fault to see what's going on here within that, within that realm. But there's a reason why Colorado has done well, and that's because Shadura Sanders is otherworldly poised. Shadura Sanders is not, he's not the same as, as these other dudes. He's not the same as these other college football quarterbacks. I feel very confident in saying that if you put Shadura Sanders on any one of these other successful FBS programs and a, a good amount of the ones who have not been successful, that he would improve that team. If you, if you, if you traded him and Caleb Williams out, you would not see a fall off at USC. Guess what? I can't say the same thing. I can't say the same thing for Caleb Williams. I don't know if you put Caleb Williams in Colorado with all of that pressure, with all of that scrutiny, with being the, the head coach's son, I don't know if he has the same, the same success. I don't know. You know who I'm 100% I'm sure doesn't? Is, is, is your boy Bo Nix. Because I saw where it was when he was in a place where there was pressure. I saw what happened to him. Right? I saw what happened to him. Now, Colorado has their warts, right? They have their warts. They don't tackle as well as they should. They have some busting coverages. They don't block um, particularly aggressive when it comes to the run game. So the next two weeks versus Oregon and USC should be interesting. But here's the part that people aren't talking about. Oregon and USC don't play any defense. Oregon and USC, they don't play very good defense. And not for nothing, who has Oregon played these first, these first few weeks? Right? What does Oregon's schedule look like? Don't worry about it. I'm going to pull it up, and I'm going to tell you right now. You know why? Because people are acting as if Oregon is like the measuring stick for, like, being good. And I'm going, Oregon didn't even win. They didn't win the, their, their, their conference last year, right? Here's a, here are the three teams 
that Oregon has played this year. Oregon played Hawaii. They blew them out. Guess what? Vanderbilt blew out Hawaii. Oregon beat Portland State 81-0. Portland State's not a good FCS school. So, of course, they're going to lose to an FBS school. Oregon won a tight match, right, with Texas Tech. You, you people add, answer me this right now. If Texas Tech played Colorado, who do you have favored in that game? You have Colorado favored in that, in that Texas Tech game, right? Because Colorado's probably a better team. So you're telling me a team that gave up 30 points to Texas Tech, that same Texas Tech team that lost to FCS Wyoming, you're telling me that that, color, that, that 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 Oregon team is not going to struggle stopping Colorado? Oh, well, Colorado's going to be on the road. They just went down to Texas in the 90-something degree heat and had success. You're telling me that they're not going to be able to go to Oregon and have success, especially with them not having to worry about being in altitude? They're literally going to be they're more fresh now. Does, will it hurt that they don't have Travis Hunter? Of course it's going to hurt that they don't have tra Travis Hunter. Right? Of course that's going to hurt. But but Travis Hunter is not the engine that makes that offense run. That is Shadura Sanders. And, of course, they're going to have trouble stopping um, Oregon. They've had trouble stopping other opponents. But Oregon's going to have trouble stopping Colorado. And so everybody that thinks that Oregon's just going to steamroll over Colorado, if it happens, okay. But I expect to see a much, much more um, closely contested match. Now, I will tell you this. I'm taking the over. I'm not going to bet the under in that game. You're going to bet the over in that game. I don't care if it comes out at 72 points. Bet the over. That is going to be a 30-something to 30-something game a a 40 something to 30 something game for sure. You want to know how I know because they put up 68 total points in the in the Texas Tech game. Want to want to make sure I I I shout out to my resident hater um Jerome Parham. Ayo Parham just for record, right? Just for the record. Oregon is averaging 58 points a game. Right, but Oregon scored 81 points versus Portland State. Portland State is not a good like FCS team, right? So that's cool. They 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 scored 38 points versus Texas Tech. Texas Tech is not a good FBS school. They scored 55 against Hawaii. Hawaii is not a good FBS school. Neither one of those opponents hold a candle to who to who Colorado has had to play in these first few games. All three of the opponents that Colorado has had to play in these first three games are better than the three opponents that Oregon had to play in their first three games. The difference is, yeah, Colorado has warts, and everybody knows that they have warts. You haven't really been able to see the Oregon warts. You know why? Because nobody's watching their games. Nobody paid attention to the fact that they struggled with Texas Tech. They will this week, right? They will this week. 
And so we'll get another opportunity to see that alien, you know, psychopath, that quarterback, Shadur Sanders. He would be good everywhere. Put him in Alabama right now, they beat Texas. Put him at Texas right now, they blow out Alabama. Put him at Georgia right now, Georgia wins another title, it's not even close. Put him in Texas, they put up ridiculous numbers. Put him in North Carolina, he's better than the guy that's there. Put him in Duke, he makes Duke relevant. Shadur Sanders might be the best quarterback in all of college. I know y'all gave Caleb Williams the Heisman. Why? Because he's he's flashy. I get it, right? I love Caleb Williams. I think he's a great talent. But there's something about the mentality of a quarterback that ha that's just different, right? It's just different. When you have that mentality that it doesn't, it doesn't matter what's going on. I, me, I'm just going to win. And if you don't think that the team is good, it just boosts my point about how great this young man is. When he gets the ball, it's different. When he gets the ball, it's different. Right? Shout out to Michael Penix Jr. Michael Penix Jr. is 24, 25 years old, right? Shadur Sanders is 20, maybe 21. But I guarantee you this. Sorry, I, I made Penix way older than he is. Penix is 23. Shadur Sanders is 21 years old. Shadur Sanders has been playing football at the college level for three years. This is his first his first um, job in the FBS. Penix has been there for five seasons. I think this is season number six, if I'm not mistaken, or season number five. Penix is going to be great. I was glad that he got out of Indiana. Thought that was a horrible place for him. When has Indiana ever showed they know how to develop and, and use quarterbacks correctly? Never. I saw what they did to Ran Antoine Randall L. When Antoine Randall L. was the quarterback at Indiana years ago, and then they all of a sudden started trying to play him at wide receiver and essentially killed his opportunity to play quarterback in the, in the NFL. So I never liked Indiana as a place for, for us to go. And you want to know where else I'm starting to not like places for us to go? Alabama. Because... Over the weekend, or before the weekend, Jalen Milrow lost his job as a starting quarterback. It later came out after the horrible performance by the two guys that replaced him. It came out that well, he didn't he didn't understand his 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 coverages, or he didn't understand what was going on, and so like they benched him because of that because he couldn't explain it. Because he couldn't explain it, so they benched him, right? That's what that's what they said. They said that they didn't like his attitude. Not and, and when I say they, I don't mean Alabama. I mean rando other people in the in the quasi fan media sphere. They all said, "Well, he it was up here." They went to the old school. He's black, which is oh, it's mental. 
anytime they tell you it's mental, you should look. They're saying he's black. Anytime they want to try to like make it about something other than performance, when they try to make it about something that you can't quantify, what they're really saying is, oh, eh, he's a black dude. We want to get him up out of here. That coded language has never changed. Oh, he has to be able to read defenses. He has to be able to win from the pocket. So I wasn't surprised by that. But I watched the game, and he looked really enthusiastic on the sideline for his teammates because it's not the quarter, the other quarterback's fault that they made the decision. But here's what I knew would happen, right? The fix was in. Hey, yo, let's get Jalen Milrow out of here this week. You know why? Because we're playing USF, and there's a better than likely chance that he's going to have a really good game versus USF. And that's going to be harder for us to then get rid of him later on if he has a really good game versus USF. So let's get these other guys in right now, and they'll have a really good game versus USF because USF isn't good. And then because of that, we'll have reason to keep keep them as the quarterback. Except USF is still bad, but those quarterbacks were not good. They were flaming basura. And yes, I am criticizing these quote-unquote kids. You know why? Because the moment you started having NIL deals for kids there or, or for players, college players, who are 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, and in some cases 26 years old, I stopped feeling the need to treat them like kids. Now, again, this isn't their fault. They didn't bench Milrow, but there is no way that you can tell me that those two guys, as a collective, look better than Milrow, and they were playing USF. They were not playing Texas, who might be the best team in the country this year. Might. They were playing USF. When Jalen Milrow played a lower level or a lower opponent, he steamrolled them. It wasn't even close. It was a record-setting day. So now, when you get him, right, versus Texas, he struggled. But he also made plays. He struggled, but he also made plays. These guys didn't make any plays. They just struggled. It was just bad. It was bad on bad on bad. How do you not go back to Jalen Milrow this week? Here's what I'm going to tell you. If Jalen Milrow is not starting for Alabama this next game, then that should tell you as black quarterbacks everything you need to know about Alabama and how they're going to roll with you. Let's look at the history, the recent history of Alabama and quarterbacks, right? They had one Sims who they moved to running back. They had another Sims with two M's and an S who never got a chance to see the field. He ended up transferring, I believe, to Virginia. That same Sims with the one S that they moved to running back, when Lane Kiffin came in, Lane Kiffin said, what are you doing? you got a weapon over here. Let's put him at quarterback. They put him back in. He took off. Right? In steps in Jalen Hurts. Freshman beats out the people in front of him. 
None of them look like him. Beats him out. Two good years. Two good years. Championships. Loses his job in year number three to Tua. Tua, who is not a black man necessarily. I don't believe, and, and you and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe Tua Tagovailoa looks at himself like a black man. He looks at himself like a person of color. Right? He doesn't identify the same way that Jalen Hurts identifies. And if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. I'll, I'll say I'm sorry. I apologize. But he comes along and takes it because he looks more like the tradition. Right? And then Mac Jones keeps a job just because he doesn't make any mistakes when you've got Bryce Young behind him who would have probably lit the world on fire if you would have given him the weapons that Matt Jones had that year that he was there. Because when he came in the next year with less weapons, what did he do? He lit the world on fire. And then when even less weapons still balled out, Jalen Milrow was the backup. Jalen Milrow looks like a dark version of Cam Newton, just a shorter. All the arm strength, all the speed, all of the all of the power. And you're telling me that you're mad because he completes a lower percentage of his passes than some of those guys did in the past? You're telling me that you want him because he doesn't complete as many passes? Not mentioning the fact that he could get you 100-plus yards rushing and a couple touchdowns every game? on top of what he gives you as a passer? If he's not starting the next time Alabama takes the field, people, you need to take the, the, the warning that, these, that these, these teams are giving you when they do not play your kids at the position, right? For years, quarterbacks should not have gone to Florida that were black. Why? Because they didn't play them. Not going to happen. When was the last time you saw a brother really get the opportunity, like legit get the opportunity to play quarterback at Georgia? You just don't. There are certain ones, there's certain, these certain places where you're just like, you know what? It just might not be in the cards for me to send my young, confident, athletic, explosive, but maybe not the conventional way that the establishment wants the position that you play quarterback to that school. I'm going to send them to those schools who have embraced those guys as who they are. And speaking of embracing as who they are, why, why does every black quarterback have to be a superhero? Why is it that every black quarterback has to operate with a level of with a level of of consistency and a level of 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 performance that would make them a top 5 quarterback and if they don't then they are all of a sudden pitched off daniel jones had one good one good half of football and everybody forgot about 
the game and a half of futility that he had. One good half of football versus a terrible NFL team. And people forgot about everything that he did prior. So the, 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 the game and a half that he didn't play well, that was everybody else's fault. The half of football that he played well, that was his, that was his doing. Right? These other quarterbacks, Sam Howell, able to just be decent. Right? I could go down the list. Like, why can't, why can't black quarterbacks be Ryan Tannehill? Have a good game every once in a while. But for the most part, put up anywhere between 185 to 215, 220 yards and a touchdown, maybe a turnover. Why can't every and, – and, and run it a little bit. Why can't black quarterbacks be that? Why do they all have to be Patrick Mahomes? And if not, you start mock drafting quarterbacks to them. And that's where I get to Justin Fields at. People keep talking about Justin Fields' play as if Justin Fields has been terrible throughout these first three games. I mean, first two games. But when I go and look at it, Justin Fields was playing a decent game versus Tampa Bay. The defense couldn't stop anybody. They couldn't stop Tampa Bay's offense. That says a lot. Justin Fields was playing decent. He wasn't playing great. I'm not saying he was playing great. He was playing decent. He had that one critical error at the end of the game that was the pick six. And everybody said, oh, it's over. Oh, it's done. Oh, he can't play in this league. 17 touchdowns passes last year. You want to know how many touchdown passes Daniel Jones had? This is not me dissing Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is a decent quarterback who has the ability to have some great games or great moments. Justin Fields is a decent quarterback who has the ability to have some great games and some great moments. But Justin Fields is only in year three. Why can't he be afforded the opportunity to continue to grow that Daniel Jones has been afforded? Why can't he be given that opportunity that others have been given? Why? I don't know. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Talk Spicy. We do this thing a few times a week. Rate the show, comment, agree, disagree, whatever you do. Keep it spicy. Five-star ratings are appreciated. If you join me on the YouTube channel, make sure you like, make sure you subscribe. Till next time, peace.